Hey there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Ala and I'm joined by the wonderful Delia. We are both teachers at LSAT Demon, which you can find at lsatdemon.com. Today, we wanted to talk about the benefits and limitations of private tutoring. Both of us get quite a few private tutoring requests um, and we wanted to take some time to get into the ins and outs of private tutoring, give you some insight, talk about when it might work and when maybe you don't really need it. So. Let's start with some background information, Delia. How was your studying journey and what role did private tutoring play in your study journey? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. So for me, um, my studying journey started with, it pretty much started with Demon Free. And I just kind of wanted to give it a try. I was coming from another company. I wanted to see how I liked it. So I started with Free. Um, did that for a while. I felt like I actually got a lot out of the free version, but then ultimately I felt like um, I wanted to try out the lessons and the classes. So I, I, I got live and I loved it. I think it made a huge difference. Um, like I seriously credit so much of my, my LSAT score to the demon. I'm so thankful um, for it, but I did, I did just the live plan for, I think about two months before, um, I realized that I was just so close to getting my goal score of a 175 plus. Um, I had a 171 on record at that point and I felt like it was just on the cusp. And for me, I loved live. I was, I was talking to teachers. Um, I probably could have used it a bit more effectively, but I felt like maybe for someone like me, a one-on-one -on -one tutor might have helped, might help me a little bit. So what I did was I signed up for tutoring with, um, a uh, demon tutor who is not here anymore. Um, he's actually at Harvard now and he was amazing. And I did about two to three sessions with him. I felt like that's all that I needed to kind of hone my approach uh, towards the end of my study journey. And he kind of helped me diagnose some um, patterns and issues that I was having. So that's pretty much the role that private tutoring played in my studying journey. It was literally just two to three hours out of my whole studying journey. I felt like it did make a pretty big difference for me. Um, I did enjoy it a lot. Um, and again, that's not to say that I couldn't have gotten what I needed from that out of live. And in hindsight, I probably definitely could if I had used the live plan more effectively, which we'll get into a bit later. But that's what um, my journey with private tutoring looked like for me. I really enjoyed it. Um, I love my tutor. But yeah. Awesome. So my journey was a little bit different from Delia's. Um, I started in like Nathan's in-person classes before the pandemic, which I studied for the LSAT for a long time. And I never did private tutoring. So I did classes that were in person. And then once the, you know, the pandemic was a thing and we shifted to online, um, I just did live. And I didn't do live constantly either. I did live for a few months and then I went down to premium so I could just keep studying on my own, usually with a study buddy. And then when I was starting to feel like stuck again, I would like go on for like a month of live and then like pull back to premium and then just keep studying with my study buddies. So I kind of just did that cycle. And the reason I never really reached out for private tutoring is because I thought the test made sense. I wasn't always getting it. You know, I wasn't always like where I wanted to be. And I felt like there was a gap between what I was doing and what I needed to do to do well in the test. But there was just something about the test that always made sense. It didn't feel like it was out to get me. It didn't feel like, you know, it was some ethereal, mysterious thing in the air that I couldn't understand or something like that. It wasn't like that. 
And so for that reason, I don't think I ever reached out for private tutoring because I, I knew what the test was about. I just couldn't get myself to be like, this is, this is exactly what I need to do. But over time with study buddies, which was the most impactful, I think, part of my study, my study journey and just being consistent about it and committing to it long-term, um, I eventually got to where I wanted to be, but and I don't think that private tutoring would necessarily have made a big enough difference for me. And even in hindsight, I don't think I'd like whisper to my past self, like, go do private tutoring. Um, and I just, I, I think I got almost everything that I feel like I give my private tutoring students now from my live and from my study buddy experience. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's super good to highlight the kind of different approaches that people take. Honestly, if I could go back and like change anything about my study journey, I wish I had gotten a study buddy. I think it would have helped me a lot and maybe I wouldn't have needed a private tutor at any point. However, I was a bit shy um, back then and still am a bit shy. But anyways, so for me, that was it was a little hard for me to reach out and um, and connect with people beyond like the classroom, the virtual classroom at the Demon. But in hindsight, I really wish I I wish I had. And I felt like that would have kind of eliminated that need potentially for me. So just just as a little aside, I, th I think it's good to talk about both sides of the spectrum. That is to say, though, that I, I do feel like um, private tutoring did help me. I mm -hmm. just think I could have gotten that same potentially the same benefit from um, less expensive avenues. So, <laughs> yep. So what is private tutoring, Delia? Like, what do we do in private tutoring and what does it consist of before we start talking about, you know, the benefits or the limitations of it? Yeah. So I think my answer would quite literally be just what exactly what we do in live classes, but uh, with one person instead of like 40. Um, so what I typically have my students do is they just bring me questions that they have struggled with in the past week or um, however long they've been taking LSAT or bring general questions, bring specific test questions, um, anything that they want to work on. And then I kind of have them talk out loud in front of me so I can kind of, I guess, diagnose any issues that I might see um, in their reasoning or their thinking as they're doing questions. But yeah, beyond that, it's more or less the same as what we do in live classes. And you can have a teacher do that for you in live classes because most of our live classes are interactive in the sense that we take volunteers and give students feedback. Yep. So yeah, I guess that's my answer. Do you have anything to add, Ola? I mean, I think I do things a little bit differently. I tend to get my students to just drill live with me. And mm -hmm. what I do is, I think there is a slight difference in how I handle my private tutoring students versus classes. In classes, I'm just a smidge less like reliant on them, right? Because they'll volunteer, mm -hmm. obviously. My classes are super interactive as well. But I am more or less, you know, sort of guiding the student as they go through it. In private tutoring, I tend to be um, a little bit more hands-off. Like I want them to struggle so that I can, like you said, diagnose the issue. Be like, okay, this is where you might have like taken a, a detour that you didn't need to take. Or this is where you weren't aggressive enough. Or this is where you, you know, just didn't realize that this was the main point, et cetera, right? So I think private tutoring and live for me are slightly different in that there's just, I guess, more of an opportunity for the student to be like, okay just be free and be themselves. And then I can notice what is going on or what isn't going on. 
That being said, though, overwhelmingly, I would say that it's the same thing in live versus private tutoring. Um, not to mention, like, I constantly refer my private tutoring students to like recordings of classes that I just did. And I constantly bring stuff that I have said in live, sorry, not in live, in private tutoring sessions to my live students um, and being like, hey, you know, we talked about something this morning with a student. You might benefit from this. Um, and I think it's easy to forget that it's just the same person, you know, that's teaching the classes versus doing private tutoring. And you'll probably notice a pattern in this episode as we talk through this that we are saying that there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, for sure. And I do think, um, I, I will say that I think I, like you said, I'm in one-on-one tutoring, I'm kind of tailoring what I'm doing more to the needs of the students. So like you said, sometimes I will just be doing drilling with them or sometimes I'm having them bring uh, problems to me that they struggled with, like I said earlier. Sometimes we're, you know, if it's a brand new student, we're just kind of starting fresh and talking about what is the LSAT and where to where to start, like especially if it's a student who, you know, might have live and be private tutoring with me, which I have a few students who do that. Yep. Um, so it's going to look different, a little bit different um, student to student. And I, I tailor every single session to the needs of the student, you know, on that day, what they want to work on. Mm-hmm. But again, just to kind of drive that point home, like what Allah said, it is more or less the same. There's so much overlap. Like I'm not really saying anything new or like innovative in private tutoring versus what I'm saying in, in class, my approach is the same. The only difference is like, I might explain it slightly different depending on the student that's in front of me. Yep. So, yep. I do tailor right a lot more in private tutoring, obviously, because I'm working for one student rather than a, right. a, a large group in front of me. Um, so I'm going to be a little bit more specific and I am going to be like talking with a certain mindset because I'm coming in to work with one student rather than a group, but it's still me, right? I still have my opinions and my lessons and my sort of feedback that comes from classes that comes from my own study journey. That's what I'm walking into the room with, regardless of whether it's a one-on-one session or whether it's a class. And I think there's certainly some aspects of it that you might enjoy in one-on-one, right? Especially if you're somebody that doesn't like to participate like at all, or if you feel, um, you know, if you feel some other trepidation of being in a classroom, you might, you know, prefer that kind of interaction, but that doesn't mean that I'm different or that Delia is different when we both walk into a private tutoring session. For sure. So with that being said, uh, who would you say, doesn't need private tutoring and who do you think might benefit from it? I mean, it's a tough question. I think one of the things that like we are definitely going to flag in here is like the financial limitations of private tutoring, I think is a huge part of it. I mean, a couple of sessions with me or Delia are going to give you a month of live, right? That's just how the, how that's set up. And I think that in terms of like return on investment, Alive is going to be so much worth it, so much more worth it than spending a couple of hours with me. There's just, I, I, I'm awesome and Delia is awesome, but we're not going to be a replacement for a month of live. I just, I can say that with, with, you know, utter confidence that that's just not a trade-off that you need to make. Right. So financially, I think that's a huge aspect of it. If you cannot afford private tutoring, there's nothing wrong that's going to happen to you. There's nothing that you're missing out on by having to do a month of life. That's actually a fantastic 
you know, way to spend your money rather than doing a couple of hours with me or Delia. That's the financial aspect of it. And I think that, you know, is going to be a, um, a determining thing, regardless of whether you think you need it or you don't need it in terms of who might benefit from it and who doesn't really need it. I think it comes down to where you are in your study journey. I think is a part of it. Delia touched on that, right? I, I do tend to benefit working with students that are you know, a little bit further along in their study journey that have taken the time to get out of the basics. They know what worlds are. They understand, you know, like what different question types are. They know what a bottom-up question is, what a top-down question is, right? Those kind of fundamental things so that we are not having to establish a shared reality. We already live in the same universe in the LSAT. We're just trying to make some of those small adjustments. Another thing I want to add is I think a type of student that could potentially benefit is a student that comes from another test prep company could potentially benefit from some private tutoring because it can be very overwhelming to come into from unlearning some bad habits and coming into the into the demon and being like wow so you guys are like straightforward about this like there isn't anything fancy going on I don't have to highlight I don't have to read the question first right that can be overwhelming sometimes and I do have um, some students quite a few students right now that I'm working with that come from other test prep companies. And we've made a lot of progress by unlearning bad habits, which you can also do in live. There's no reason you can't do it in live. But I think that kind of student could potentially like just find a little bit more Zen speaking one-on-one with somebody rather than being in a live class where we're like, yep, we do things straightforward here. It's like, why am I not highlighting? Why am I not doing all these other things? Why do I have to make a prediction, right? Those kinds of questions, um, I think, could be better addressed in private tutoring. Maybe. Lots of qualifiers. Right. No. And I think I think you actually just kind of made something click for me about why private tutoring, even just a couple of sessions that I did, kind of helped me because I had come from another prep company mm. and I did have some pretty bad habits that, you know, I had learned a lot from, you know, just looking at the lessons on the demon and going to classes. But having someone that I like could just sit with for an hour and be like, why, you know, why am I doing this thing and why is it bad? Um, and what could I be doing different? Like, like, I do think that helped me a little bit. Again, that is not to say that I needed it by any means um, at all. Personally, I don't think anybody absolutely needs it, especially if it's a financial constraint for you. Like, I think you can absolutely ace this test, never having even one session with a private tutor. Um, but I do think that's a really good point, all of that, since I had come from a different prep company, I had some really bad habits that I needed to unlearn and it took me maybe a little bit longer to unlearn them versus if I had just started with a demon from the get go. So I think that's a good point. And I also like kind of wanted to say that I think it's to to your point about the level of student that could benefit from live versus private tutoring. I do think if you're just starting, like you've like, if you're really just starting, you just took a diagnostic, you've pretty much only seen maybe none or just a few LSAT questions in your whole lifetime, I think live is going to be, or even premium, but specifically live because you have access to all of the teachers and all of the lessons is going to be a so, so much of a better bang for your buck than private tutoring because you can do it, you know, on your own time, on your own schedule for as many hours as you need. And I feel like there's only so much I can do with a student who's just starting for like one hour a week, uh, for example. Yeah. So I would definitely say for new, uh, beginners on the LSAT, like 
I think they tend to benefit less from one-on-one tutoring than students who might be a bit more advanced and just need some help like unlearning bad habits. Yeah, absolutely. Another kind of student that comes to mind for me is that actually going off of your point about like the level, right, of like the beginner students don't really need private tutoring because there's just so much to learn and live is such a is, is a better setup for you to do that in because we have so many classes available. We have you have you'll have access to me and Ordelia and like a bunch of other teachers. So you can take your pick. If you don't like my style of teaching, I will be sad, but I will also be really happy that you're <laughs> going to go find another teacher that like fits yeah. what you are looking for. Right. And so to go on that point, I think that it's important to recognize that a session with me or a session with Delia might give you a full month of work, right? If we diagnose a couple of things that you're doing wrong and that you might need to adjust, it will literally take you a month to adjust that. That's just true, right? Because it's, it's very easy for us, you know, folks that have finished up with the LSAT and now we're instructors, we try to teach you. It's very easy for us to walk in and be like, this is wrong, that's wrong, you want to change this. And this is right, but maybe you want to make this adjustment, right? It's very easy for us to come in and like, it's like, it's literally like diagnosing. You go see the doctor and they talk to you for like eight minutes. And now you have to like take a full week, you know, two weeks of antibiotics. Right. <laughs> right. You've got to do the work on your own. Right. Like exactly. You have to go <laughs> yeah. home and suffer. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and then feel good because the improvements actually, you know, the, the diagnoses actually helped you. So it's exactly like that, right? So me and Delia might come in and be like, hey, these are the things that you want to fix. And you might have to grapple with it for weeks and or months to actually fix those things, you know, and because private tutoring is like that, recognize that you don't need it in order to learn those things. Me and Delia are not saying magical things in private tutoring and then like hush hush and like not telling our live students the same things. I literally flip between private tutoring sessions and live classes all the time. And I will like reference a live class in private tutoring and a private tutoring session in live, right? We do that all the time. And so recognize that you doing the work is like 97% of everything that's happening here. That 3% being made up of private tutoring or live just is such a negligible difference that it's not going to do anything for you. So if you're a beginner level student and you've got a lot to learn, absolutely stick with live and get everything you can out of it there before thinking about like further steps. Right. And, and to your point, I, I kind of also want to say that don't, if you, you know, if you're someone who, you know, you ultimately decide that maybe private tutoring could be good for you. And, you know, even if you want to do just a session or whatever, just know that like you have to leave the session and like Allah said, and do the work yourself. You can't go into private tutoring and expect that private tutoring is going to solve all of your problems. Exactly like Allah said, we can help you diagnose them. And I think it can be very effective to diagnose those problems and those bad habits. But then you you can't just like leave the session and be like, okay, well, now I know what I'm doing wrong. Like I'm good. You have to You have to go out and in practice, you know, try to resolve those issues that you're having. Um, yeah, private tutoring isn't going to fix all your problems. We we might help you identify them, but then you got to go and do the work yourself. So that's yeah. just kind of a note about how to, you know, if you are someone who thinks that private tutoring can be good for you, how to make it actually effective. Yep. I'm going to be a little bit more blunt than Delia was just then about <laughs> saying what she said. And I'm going to say that if you're not prepared to do the work, please don't sign up to private tutor with us. 
just because I think that you're, I mean, you're not just wasting time and energy, but you're also lulling yourself into a false sense of security, right? Because you're thinking that this sort of way of working on the LSAT is going to get you where you want to go. And it's going to lead to disappointment for me as an instructor, because I hate seeing, you know, my students not improve. That's just not a good feeling to have. And you are going to make your LSAT and your legal education journey that much harder because it's going to feel like a bigger and bigger mountain every time you invest something into it and it doesn't actually become an easier climb for you, right? And I think that dynamic is an important part of the discussion that we're having, right? Invest a little bit, see the payoff. Invest a little bit, see the payoff. Instead of feeling like you have to spend thousands of dollars doing private tutoring and then not recognizing that you're improving from it, it's going to bring in some real nasty feelings into this whole thing. And if you do want to pursue law school, it's it's just a bad taste in your mouth. It's just not how you want to move forward. And I also think, given that it's private tutoring, just the nature of the interaction implies that there's less responsibility on the student to learn. Um, when you're right. in a classroom, right, it's one person talking at you and there's lots of people working around you. It's like, oh my God, this is going to be the weirdest analogy in the world, but I'll make it. <laughs> but um, do you watch Kitten Lady? Do you know who that is on YouTube? I don't, but I should. I she's awesome. And she's like all about <laughs> fostering kittens. And like, it's about like, you know, helping um, the the kitten problem not be as bad. And, you know, it's like teaching people to become fosters and like actually help the, the community. Anyway, so she fosters. And one of the things she talks about is like how like kittens will actually be better at like drinking like they're um, drinking milk if they're like next to each other because they have to like compete. They like mm -hmm. recognize that they have to like do the work. And I genuinely think I just I can't believe I just compared all my students to <laughs> kittens. But I mean, I love my students and I love kittens. So I think it, I think it works out. But yeah, it's a good one. But I think in live classes, there is more individual responsibility involved because you are tuning in. You have to pay attention. You have to do the work. You have to step up and volunteer. You have to ask the right questions and make sure you're getting what you need out of it. And I think private tutoring kind of is just like, let me waltz in there and then just hope it all works out. And I think one of the reasons why private tutoring can make you feel that false sense of security is because of that way that it's set up. And we want y'all to be aware, be wary of it and be aware of it um, because in no, you know, realm of existence, do we want you to waste your time, your energy or your money, um, to spend time with us? Cause as much as we love spending time with you guys, we want you to do well. We want you to eventually go through this and have a positive experience. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up that point about like, we don't want you to waste your money either because like, seriously, we mean it. Like none of us are here to take your money. Like, yeah, this is our job. So we make money from doing it. However, I tell students all the time, like I, I discourage students from doing tutoring all the time, yep. like in consultation calls, if I feel like they're someone who would benefit more from just doing live yep. like all the time. And I, I'm costing myself money doing that. However, like I fully, like you said earlier, like we want our students to improve and it makes us sad when they don't. So that is why I will frequently discourage students from doing private tutoring. It's the um, first thing I say in every first session with a student, I'll tell, I'll tell the student, Hey, I never did private tutoring. And I do not believe that anyone needs private tutoring to eventually do well. That's just not a thing that I believe. And I say it in every first session. And like Delia said, I'm talking myself out of a job. 
but it's like an ethical thing for me. I could never work with students like knowing that they don't need something or that they could be, um, you know, getting the same things out of life. Yeah. I think we covered like most of the people that we thought could benefit from it. And most of the people that like really don't need it. Um, what are Mm -hmm. some things you think are the parallels between live and private tutoring where it's basically the same thing? Mm, Yeah. Well, kind of like we already touched on, I I do feel like I'm saying nothing different at all in tutoring, um, than I am in live other than, you know, tailoring it to the student that's in front of me. Like if I feel like a student has a certain learning style, like I can pick up on that and like try to suit our sessions to their needs so that they're enjoying it and they're getting the most out of it. But ultimately I I'm saying the same things. I'm teaching students the same approach. And then I will kind of say like one thing I feel like you can get in live that you can't maybe get in private tutoring is that interaction with other students, which with all this kitten analogy earlier, I feel like can be super helpful because when you're with other people, one, you feel you might feel that more, more of a sense of responsibility to yourself. Like I owe myself, you know, putting all the work into this because I'm seeing other people around me. And like as human beings, I think we do have that nature of just being a bit competitive. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing, right? Like you want to, when you're around other people, you might, it's not that you're trying to beat them, but you're like trying to be a better version of yourself so that you're showing up, um, in the same way or better than you might see other people showing up. Yep. So I think that can be helpful. Um, but also just like learning from other students, like in class, students teach me things all the time. Um, they point out things, um, in questions and passages and, and whatever that I don't even notice. Um, so I think that is something that's super helpful that you might not get from private tutoring. So, yeah. Um, One of the ways that I read in my RC classes is we do it in an interactive way. So I'm reading a sentence or a phrase to the student and they're breaking it down. And the number of students I've had come and tell me like, Hey, it's so awesome to watch another student read and either do well or not do well. Either way, they're able to recognize that they're not alone in the struggle which is a huge part, I think, of the LSAT. It's a very isolating experience, right? So just to have that like sense of community of a classroom can be a huge deal. But I think the other thing is that in live classes, I feel like I am, I'm I'm so much more sort of general about the things that I say, and then I can like get more specific as I need to. But it's those general things, I think, that you need to hear over and over again, right? It goes back to Delia's point about the basics. I had to hear like certain things be said about the LSAT, like even something as basic as the difference between necessary and sufficient. I had to hear that like a hundred times before I was like, I get it now. Like I genuinely understand it. And that repetition of those basics is going to be such an easier sort of exercise for you to get out of live classes than, you know, an hour a week with me. For sure. And I think another benefit of live is like, you can have, for example, since you use the example of sufficient versus necessary, you can have a different teacher explain that to you um, multiple different times. And one way might click more for you than than the other way. And I think that's something that you can get out of private or live that you might not get out of private tutoring. Because I pretty much explain that, you know, that flaw, that sufficient versus necessary one way. Like I have the one way that makes sense to to me. That's how I'm going to explain it pretty much every time. Unless Mm -hmm. I, you know, I might try to adopt it. If I feel like it's not clicking for a student, I'll try to explain it another way. But then, you know, you might go to all this class or any of our other teachers classes, and they're going to explain it in a whole different way. And 
one's not right or wrong. One just might click for you more than the other. So. Yep, absolutely. And I think, um, I think that classroom experience is very special to me. I'm always really, really excited to go into classes. Not that I'm not excited to, you know, do private tutoring or that I don't adore my private tutoring students. I absolutely do. But I think there is a, a real recognition that it's the same thing and the format is different. And so you might benefit from one format a little bit more than the other. That's just a reality, right, of, of how folks um, function. And, you know, like my partner's in education and, and he did like a lot of stuff like with one-on-one -on -one students. That was part of the, the work that he did. And he was telling me like when I first started private tutoring, like, hey, it's like it is really a part of learning that some students, you know, really do want and or do well in one on one. So we might be telling you or I mean, clearly we have a bias, not that we're wrong, but we do have a bias, you know, to say that you don't really need private tutoring. That's not us trying to like say that there's not a single benefit that comes from private tutoring. It's just that we want you to be aware of what you are getting or not getting out of private tutoring and recognize that it's not a, it's not an end all, you know, be all, you know, solution to anything. Um, it's rather just a, a continuation or just a slight differentiation from what we do in our live classes. Yeah, for sure. I think we just, with this podcast, we just kind of want to equip you with the information necessary to, you know, if you're debating between private tutoring and live, um, well, one, you might decide, like, I don't need private tutoring. But if you decide, maybe I am someone who could benefit from private tutoring, then you know what you need to do to get the most out of it. Um, which I think is like, you should not do private tutoring kind of like all said, if you're not willing to put in the work and if you're going to go in to it with like no idea of what you need from it, I think knowing yourself and what you think you need to get out of something is going to help you determine whether or not it's actually going to be worth it for you. Yep. Um, don't go in blind and don't just go in expecting us to tell you what you need to be doing. Like you want, you need to come to us if, you know, private tutoring or live for that matter. Um, you need to come to us like with an idea of what you are hoping to get out of it and what you think you need help on. Um, otherwise you're probably going to be wasting your time and your money. <laughs> yeah. That self-awareness is such a, is such an important part of honestly learning anything, but particularly the LSAT, which I think, I don't know, it did a number on me, right? Like I had to be, I had to change as a, as an individual. I think, I think my personality is super different than it was before I started studying for the test you know, just so many things I feel like are, are certainly not the same as they used to be. Um, and that self-awareness is really key. And I think that's one of the sort of common denominators that I find in my successful students, um, that they know what works for them, what doesn't work for them. And they know that, you know, they're lazy about certain sections and they show up to those classes. Right. So it's, it's that self-awareness that's key. And then the other thing I want to do is like shamelessly promote self, uh, not self-studying, study buddies, shamelessly mm -hmm. promoting self, uh, keep saying self, shamelessly promoting okay. study buddies. Um, just because I think that study buddies are this like amazing combination. It's like the best of private tutoring. It's the best of live classes. It's the best of demon premium. It's the best of all of this, this stuff, the swirling stuff into one mode of meeting, right? Beth and I used to be study buddies. We have um, a couple of podcast episodes that we, where we've talked about how good study buddies were for us and how integral they were for success. And I found my study buddies from live classes. I like just 
creepily direct messaged a couple of people and were like, hey, do you like want to meet to like work on the LSAT every day for like months? And we did that. Um, and I think ultimately, if I had to like pick between all of these things for like what I owe my success to, it's the fact that I had study buddies that believed in the same demon stuff that were on board and that we were meeting five to six days a week for months on end. Um, and that gave us not just like, you know, we had to take ownership of our own study journeys, but it also gave us a sense of community. So that self-awareness that I had, like I need accountability, I need someone I can teach to and someone I can mm -hmm. learn from is what allowed me to go seek out study buddies. So whichever decision you're making, right, whichever sort of mode of studying that you're thinking about, self-awareness is super key. And I think that's that's a really good point um, to bring up, Delia. Yeah, awesome. And I'm glad that you're you're also kind of bringing study buddies into this conversation because it's something I hadn't thought of when we were talking about doing this podcast, but I do think it's super important. I think, like you said, it's like the best of all the world. It's like you're, you're getting that interaction with people, but it also might be on a smaller scale if you're someone who might feel a little bit, um, you know, nervous coming to live classes and putting yourself out there and like, that's okay. Like, yes, we want to encourage you to really put yourself out there and ask all the questions and whatnot. But I'll be super honest. Like I was a student who didn't do that very often at all. I was like, I was a little bit nervous and that's okay. And I think I would have been a really, really good candidate for study for getting a study buddy because you get all of those benefits, but in on like a smaller, so in a smaller group and you might feel more comfortable yeah. with that. So, so thank you for bringing that up. I was the opposite. I would like bug the teachers and I would like ask <laughs> questions and I still benefited from study buddies because I think I had a confidence problem with the LSAT and just being able to be in an environment where I could be on the hot seat and defend myself. Right. And like do mm -hmm. the work, um, all of which I think just transformed my studying. Um, and I think it's, you're right. Bringing up study buddies is relevant here because I think it, it allows us to demonstrate that it's the learning that matters. It's not the mode that you're doing it in, right? right? The students that improve with me in private tutoring, the kudos go to them. They did the work to learn from me, to learn from the things that we talk about to get better. It's not that I get any credit for, they're the ones learning from it. I may be the instructor in the room, but they are the ones that are benefit, benefiting from it. Then same goes to my live students, same goes to the little like study buddy groups that have formed in my classes while I was teaching. All that stuff, y'all, the credit goes to you guys because you're doing the work. So whatever you are going to do to do the work, that's what matters. And ultimately, it's like that 3%, right? 97% of it is the work you're going to be doing to get better, to invest in it, to learn and to really drill those concepts into your brain that's what's going to get you over the finish line. That 3% adjustment of like live private tutoring, that's not going to be the thing that decides um, what you do and how you do. And I think study buddies for me helped me get that 97% down to what I needed it to be. It made me consistent. It made me get better at the LSAT. So that's what I use to do that. Whatever that method may be for you financially, you know, your schedule, whatever it's going to, whatever's going to determine that, it's you doing the work that ultimately makes any um, any version of studying pay off. Okay, awesome. Well, let's kind of maybe wrap up with one final question. What, Ola, would you say would be your kind of final take on private tutoring? I mean, to keep it simple, I think it's take responsibility for your study journey. I'm here to help in whatever capacity that you want me to help you in, um, but you don't need private tutoring to be successful and I think that live and 
that responsibility for improvement and for being appropriately hard on yourself and appropriately kind to yourself, that balance and taking care of things like your mental health, of understanding that this is going to take time. You know, all of those things sort of combined together will get you, you know, where you want to go. But I'm going to land on you don't need private tutoring as much as I adore my all my students. Um, you don't need private tutoring. Yeah, I think I agree. I don't I think ultimately nobody needs it. But if you're someone who thinks you could benefit from it and you have the means, the financial means to do it, um, then I would encourage you before you make a decision to to do some self-reflecting um, and make sure you understand what uh, understand yourself and what you think you need out of private tutoring, what you want to get out of it. And then ask yourself, you know, could I get this from another means? Could I get it out of live? Could I get it from a study buddy? And if ultimately you land on, I don't think I could because you know your personality well enough, you know, like we're saying all this, but everybody is different. Yep. So you ultimately have to know yourself. And if you land on, you know, I think I'm someone who could benefit from it, then, you know, that's fine. But, but I want you to ha sit with that and have that conversation with yourself first yep. um, before you make any decisions, because it all comes back to like, we don't want to take your money. We want to see you succeed. So yeah, just, just know yeah, yourself. Absolutely. And I think that's what I'll also just like reflect on for a little bit, which is that I think I adore working with students that have that self-awareness that come to me for private tutoring. And they're like, Hey, these are the things I'm struggling with. I understand it from live, but I just want to work one-on-one -on -one with you to drill down on these things. It is an absolute delight to meet with students mm -hmm. that know what's wrong that want to do the work and that understand what's going to go into all of this. And it's just, it's, it's a breeze to work with those students because yep. they've taken their share of responsibility and they're coming to me for the diagnosis, right? For those solutions that are going to get them over the finish line. And if you have that awareness, you know, we love working with students in whatever capacity, right? It's not mm -hmm. different. Like we all, like we said a thousand times, it's not different for us in live versus private tutoring. We love working with students no matter what. We just want to be on your side. I, I tell my students all this, this all the time. I'll just like say their name and be like, I'm on, you know, Justin's side, right? I'm on this right. person's side. I'm not on your side. I'm on like you as a person's side. And that's what this podcast episode is about. It's like, we're on your side, guys. We don't want your money. We don't want you to waste your time, your energy. And the other thing is we don't want you to invest your hope in the wrong places. Um, yeah. And we're hoping that this gives you the right kind of reframe to know when you get into private tutoring that you do it the right way and that you don't ultimately need to seek it out as some kind of like checkbox. Like I did this thing in my LSAT journey, therefore I will be successful. That's an LR flaw. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, and I'm glad you kind of talked about your students. Like, yeah, I absolutely adore like my private student, my private tutoring students. They're so much fun. I get so much out of it. I feel like I learn from them all the like, time. Yeah. Um, yeah. All the time. Like, I learn things from them that I can take to classes and, and I, I re really enjoy it. And I love when they come to me and, and they have a clear idea of, of what they want out of tutoring and, you know, they put in the hard work and they're, I have some like, just, just rock star yep. private tutoring Agreed. students. Um, but yeah, but yeah, ultimately I would honestly even say to them, like, I don't necessarily think you absolutely need this, but if you are benefiting from it and you know yourself well enough to ultimately say like, I, yeah, I'm benefiting from this. I am really getting out of it what I wanted to get out of it and what I needed to get out of it. Then sure. You know, you're in, you're in the right place, but 
but ultimately I think it all comes back to like that self-reflection aspect, know yourself. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Anything else to add Delia before we close out here? I don't think so. I think this is awesome. And I, I hope it helps um, anybody who is debating different study modes. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks for doing this with me. This was awesome and really fun. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we got a lot of um, important insight out to our students. Thanks so much for listening today. If you email daily at lsatdemon.com, you can ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thank you so much for listening. It was a really, really fun session, Delia. Thanks. Thank you, Allah.